Welcome to the Dad's Night Podcast, where ridiculous becomes reality. We're your dad hosts. I'm Chris Parrish. And I'm Tommy Reed. This week, we're joined by Manhattan Beach's own Dan Weinstein, father of two and a pioneer in the insane world of managing YouTube and content influencers. We'll talk about how he built his company up and grew it to a multi-million dollar exit, working with and managing the modern breed of content creators, and what it's like to have your wife running for the Manhattan Beach School Board. This podcast is brought to you by the Believe Network. Get old. It doesn't get old at all. We love it. It's a little dance party in here, Tommy. It's good. I haven't seen you in a couple weeks. I feel like we did our last pod, and then you were off, and I was off doing stuff. I haven't seen you. you How's know, everything going? Good. You know, I think the last time we were talking about, let me see if it, mm. uh, you know, that's a champagne one. of beers, by the way. That is. I mean, yeah. uh, just cheers to the high life. Cheers to the high life. We're living the high life right now, go. Tommy. Cheers right cheers. around. Right Let's quick. do it. And, it was bef- last time we spoke was before you went to. Columbus for the big game. Yes. I saw millions of pictures. You hooked up a friend of the pod, Justin Fry. Yep. Friend, friend of the, the pod, pod, Mo Hall. Yep. Middle, yeah, Obviously, we know the outcome of the game. Yeah. But what, uh, tell us about the experience. What was uh, it like for Grayson, his it, birthday weekend? You know, I think I did my best as a dad to give him an experience that he'll never forget for life. And just uh, going through um, the Woody Hayes Center and through the Ohio State facilities and getting, and getting to meet uh, C.J. Stroud seeing uh Kerb Hurd streak and Chris Fowler in the corner and oh, then uh just walking through the whole weight room and just seeing like just how lush the facilities were and then coming out there going to game day meeting Lee Corso it was just an uh, you know an experience that uh, I hope that he'll cherish for the rest of his life. I mean, you were just posting every picture with somebody famous and new great. on that campus. I, I mean, mean was... literally Orlando Pace. I mean, it was, it, I think Adele and LeBron James were back there that weekend. Uh, I think Bronny had his official visit, which now he's a Buckeye commitment. Um, Wait. Yeah. Bronny, Bronny James is going to Ohio State officially. Breaking so. news. <laughs> Breaking news. There you go. I feel like I would have read this somewhere. Yeah, no, well, you, course but you, you don't subscribe to us no that's true. To you, that's true so i'll break it to you we got i them. think we're at the point where people break it to you and then you break it to the world you know and break it to the pod yeah break it you to know, the pod that, that's the bottom line this is um, the kind of pod where you want to release that information yeah so let's just get into our three dubs three dubs where are you going what you're doing what you excited about brought to you by postalot.io hey dad's What's the easiest way to delight your customers and prospects? Sending one-of-a-kind corporate gifts with Postal's offline marketing software. Postal helps companies to create meaningful connections at scale while tracking it all in your CRM. Learn more. Get a free trial at postal.io slash dads. You know, I hope uh, all of our FOPs last week tuned in to Andre Kopitar's because there were some tasty lobster rolls that were given out by Postal.io mm-hmm. and Get Main Lobster. we weren't allowed to get them. So we weren't, but uh, we're going to find out this week... Uh, who the five lucky winners were yeah. that received $150 lobster kits. So, guys, thanks for listening. Um, but I'm excited. That was a great trip to Ohio State. Um, now we came back, and Buckeyes, uh, you know, we're top five, which mm-hmm. is great. I just want to stay there and hope that we can just maintain going undefeated. You know, we had a big game with you guys. You guys are right on our tail. We at are. Number four. So. Well, we had a big game this weekend. We uh, we had a bit of a quarterback uh, contest, I guess. J.J. McCarthy, who I think, honestly, everybody wants to be the front runner, came out against Juggernaut Hawaii Saturday evening at 5 p.m. So, news flash. Yeah. Um, you had a BCS alumni from the South Bay that came in as a quarterback for Michigan this week. Um, Davis Warren. Davis Warren. Oh, beautiful and, story. Yeah, so he threw a 56-yarder. His first pass his ever. First pass his first ever. pass ever in college, 56-yard completion. Yeah, so, I mean, and he's a BCS grad. So yeah. well, there we there go. Is. There's my shout-out to If you BCS. stick to the BCS, there it is. maybe you'll play for Michigan. You know, We you, love Davis Warren, by great. the way, friend of the pod. It's great. So um, very excited about that. Chris, what are you excited about? Well, you know, there's a lot of things, Tommy, but uh, the first thing is, is is this week we got our first shipment of Dad's Night Podcast merchandise. I love it. And it's sitting right over here. We did a select line. Dan, you're wearing one I right think now. I might have gotten the first hat. I mean, listen. Wow. I'm pretty pumped about it. I've always thought you're a good-looking dude, but I don't know if you've ever been as good-looking as you are right now, wearing the yeah, Dad's Night yeah. Podcast official FOP hat. We got twenty of them right now. It's I wouldn't go to Esperanza wearing that hat. You no. might just get come out there just like <laughs> yeah. claw marks. I play pickleball yeah. in this hat now. Yeah, yeah. There it there's going to be paparazzi everywhere you go. Who is this guy? He's an FOP. I love it. 
And uh, Tommy, you and I, we talk about this. We went to Costco in December together. Yep. We talked about our vision boards, yep. and we were talking about starting this podcast. And to go from there, to go from where we are, we got sponsors. God bless Brooke Billings. God bless, God bless Jed. Him. And now we're we're reinvesting that money to help out the FOPs and make it look good and classy. We got merch. You know, it's fall's coming. You're going to be out here in the city walking around. You want to look good. You want to feel good about yourself. That's what we're about. People so, are like, what's FOP? And you're going to tell them when you wear a hat. Yeah. Look, yeah. look this the, is my business, right? You know, sponsorships and merch. You've made it. We That's did. what it is. Oh, <laughs> you guys are influencers. <laughs> you're in. <laughs> we are. So you're... You're the official one who can crown us influencers. I mean, you're the king yeah, of the I influencer market. I think so. I've been market. doing it a while. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, look, let's just get right into it. I'm really excited. Chris, who do we have in the podcast? So we today? have longtime FOP. Oh, yeah. Manhattan Beach resident, formerly of Pennsylvania. Yep. Friend of the pod, Dan Weinstein in the house, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, Danny. Thanks for having me. Now, you took the long walk today from Oak. I did. And you brought some beers, which I love. Uh, we've known each other about seven years. Uh, we, Amy and I moved down the block uh, seven years ago this month, actually. It's our house anniversary this month. And then... Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and then I, like, I, uh, you know, I'm on Pine. And so, like, pretty quickly I met Colin. And you're friends with Colin. And then all of a sudden we met you and Wish. And we met Ahmed and Pyle. And it was like, this block is awesome. Like, this whole section is awesome. And, and so... Uh, we're we're happy to have you on. Now we'll get into some of the details of your stuff and what you do and all that. But like you know, maybe even before I met you, we were sort of working together because I worked for a company called Seriously, a game called Best Fiends, and we were one of the first. I would say, well, definitely one of the first mobile games to dabble in influencer marketing. And then you built the company from scratch early on before this was even a thing. Yeah. Right. So we were talking earlier in pre-production. You you moved out here two thousand four. Yep. And. I have no idea what you did before you built this company. Like, what you moved out here for? What? Yeah, you know, I uh, I went to school, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Did advertising and marketing up at uh, Boston University, and you know, I always loved movies and terriers. entertainment and yep, terriers. Yeah. And um, I, but I didn't know that you could have a job in entertainment that wasn't actually making movies because I right. wasn't like the most creative. Or I didn't want to edit. I didn't want to shoot and. You know, I sort of read the book, The Mailroom, and and thought, oh, mate, there's a whole business around making making movies, making these things that I love, um, and so I decided that that would be sort of my path, and and I and I moved out here with the intention of uh, getting a job in one of the talent agencies' uh, mailrooms, which I, I thought would be a really good jumping off point. Right. Into That's the, like the old school yeah. get into Hollywood, yeah. go through. Yeah. And it was I did it too. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It was literally a mailroom. I was delivering. Ma- I don't think they deliver mail anymore, but uh, it was. <laughs> It, it was a really interesting experience. I spent two years at UTA, um, worked for some really great agents. Big Rep- Four? Yeah, b- Big Four agency. Um, I, I never really wanted to be an agent. I sort of thought, you know, I wanted to be Jerry Bruckheimer. Like, I wanted sure. to make big, yeah. huge popcorn movies that I that I loved sort of growing up. And and so, but I, I cut my teeth at the agency, and, and I so, sort of on the eve of them wanting to promote me to be like a coordinator, a junior agent... I was like, you know what? This isn't for me. And I talked to my boss. I was like, I, I need to go work for a big producer. This is more sort of what I what I want to do. So I, I I left the agency. My boss helped me get a job for another big movie producer. Her name was Stacy Cher. Made some of my favorite movies of all time, like Pulp Fiction and Get Shorty and oh, some wow. of these really great movies. Yeah. Worked for her for, for, for about a year. Had a really great experience. And then realized really quickly that I did not want to be in the movie business. Um it was just shifting. Like the system was not set up to breed another Jerry Bruckheimer. It was really slow. They had projects in 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 development for ten plus years, yeah. and hustling the next script. And these were big, big producers. And this was around the time where MySpace was really starting to to come out. If you remember that one, oh, it, hell yeah. I think you still needed a .edu uh, email address to sign up for Facebook yep. at this time. Yeah. And YouTube had just launched in like 2005 or, or right. six. Um, I joined a management company in 2006 with my now partners Michael Green um, and 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 his partners at the time it was called the Collective, um, and they represented some of the some some huge you know talented celebrities in TV and film and comedy and and music from Lincoln Park and Kanye West to Enrique Iglesias, Martin Lawrence, Emil Hirsch and, and a bunch of others. And the reason I, I sort of joined that company 
was they had a really interesting sort of thesis, which was that technology was going to enable artists to eventually go direct to their audience, yeah. right? Yeah. And sort of disintermediate the the. And that was a big thing. You know, I it was probably 2004, and I was I was a musician. I still am technically a. That's that sounds tasty, Tommy. Um, and a friend of mine said you got to get on this thing called MySpace. So I said, fine. I, I, you get on there, and I, I remember at the time you'd pay like 150 bucks for somebody to design your page, and yeah. they all just crashed anyway. But it was the, I could post my own music, and people could find it, and they can ask me questions about it. Versus like in the old old days, you would go in a studio, record a CD, pay for it to get printed, and try to get people to buy it. And yeah. it was just it's super old school. And this was the first time it was like somebody could be like, hey, I really love that tune, and oh man, thank you. You know what I mean? It, it, like just direct to consumer, like you just yeah. said. And so the, 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 we thought it would play out in music first, and we had a pretty big music practice. And really where it ended up, um, the, the thesis was sort of proven, was in, in the comedy space early on. We represented a number of comedians, one in particular. Uh, you remember who Cat Williams is? Yeah. Yeah. Really, really talented, little nutty. Yeah. But he was a, he, he's, he, we, my partners had produced a movie called Friday After Next where he played this sort of iconic yeah. Money Mike character. Right. And, you know, we sort of knew that he was building a following, but he was not a household name at that, at that time. And instead of sort of walking him into HBO and begging them to do a comedy special and having him get in line between, you know, behind Jerry Seinfeld and this one and that one, we're like, look, these are not that expensive to make. We can go produce this comedy special. And if we do it cost efficiently enough, at the very least, we can throw up a website. We know where his audience is at. We know where he's playing at clubs. We can print some DVDs and we can get out alive. It's worth taking a shot. So we financed his first stand up comedy special, which was called The Pimp Chronicles, part one. We actually did three specials with him. And, um, we, we made sort of a distribution deal directly with Vivendi Entertainment to put the DVDs into retail. We went to, through the back door of HBO and said, we've made this. It's amazing. Here's an audience. You should license it from us. They paid us a pittance, but in retrospect, we would have paid them to put it on right. television. That was the crux of our marketing. Um, and we sold 3 million DVDs. And when, when wow. people were buying, you know, DVDs, right. you know, 30, $35 a pop. I mean, it was insanely su successful. And, and part of our marketing, and this is sort of where the pivot starts to happen, is I was releasing a lot of this content on YouTube, right? And I was getting people, I was building channels, I was starting to, because we didn't have a lot of money at that, at that time, we weren't taking out television ads or anything like that. Started building a following on YouTube, led people to purchase the DVD. Um, and then I came in contact with sort of these early YouTube stars because I was just kind of studying wow. the ecosystem a little bit, 2007. Right. And there was this early YouTube star named Fred. I mean, his, his, his real name was Lucas Cruikshank, but he played this character, Fred. He sped up his voice. He sounded like a chipmunk. But, <laughs> but YouTube used to rank like the top channels in the world. Yep. And it was, it was Fred. And then it was Universal Music Group and, and a few others. And we're like... How does this kid have more right. followers or more viewers than Universal Music Group? So I reached out to him, cold emailed him, and said, you know, we're doing this stuff. Do you want to do it? No one's ever contacted him before. And so wow. we, we signed him as a, as a client, um, did a couple of things here and there. We made a music project with him where we, we hired a couple of, you know, music producers, did a holiday EP, sold 100,000 downloads wow. oh my God. back in 2008. And when you contacted him, did he have any inkling of how much he could potentially be making? Zero. For yeah. There was no revenue. He was doing it for fun. He borrowed his dad's video camera and was putting video. There wow. was no monetization. There was no AdSense. There was no partner program. There was no merge. There was nothing like, you know, influencers, you know, today. Right. I'm doing air quotes. So I'm no, I like I it. Need to, to I'll edit, that. I'll edit those air yeah, quotes yeah. in so people can hear them. Um, and and so you know he that was so now we knew there was a real audience there wasn't some some hack or what have you and we ended up um, making a movie with him we financed wow. it ourselves we partnered with some some people that had a, a, a better capacity to make movies than we did at the time we partnered with Brian Robbins um, who had made a bunch of movies for this demographic had a company called Varsity Films then went on to start Awesomeness TV after this yeah. Um, and uh, he was in head of the class, right? Yeah. In the 80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did like Varsity Blues and a bunch of others. Um, brought him on board uh, as a producer. You know, the uh, head writer of Family Guy came on to write the script. We had, we had a, a really nice yeah. auspices around the project, made it for a million bucks. 
for a lot of reasons, we we took it to Nickelodeon and um, through the back door again, like we did with Cat Williams, and said, we can deliver you a rating. Like, we have 60 million views a month of people watching this content. We're going to deliver you that, that audience. You should license this from us. We retained the IP in partnership with Lucas. Yeah. And we premiered it on Nickelodeon in 2010. It was the highest rated cable movie of the year, wow. believe it or not. It beat out Steven Spielberg's Band of Brothers. Wow. Like, oh, in its shit. Premi- 10 million that in its premiere window. That is unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And, and so that started the, the shift into this. We're like, this is, this, we need to pay attention to this. While that was going on, because nobody was talking to these YouTube stars, I just started getting a bunch of incoming calls from people going, I want a movie on Nickelodeon. I, can you help me? Right. I've got a big audience. So I signed this thing, you know, this thing, this creator who had this property called the Annoying Orange, which was like a talking orange. <laughs> and I mean, you, you, you laugh, but <laughs> no, I know. it was I doing 60 million views yeah. a month. We licensed a, oh a, a TV series to Cartoon Network. We were the studio. We had 300 licensees globally in, yeah. in like 125 countries. Like it was everywhere for like a year Holy or two. Holy cow. And then, and then, so I went out and pretty systematically again, because nobody was talking to them. I went, look, I work for the, you know, the management company that represents Kanye West, Lincoln Park, da 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 da. Can I manage you? And they're like, well, sure. What does that mean? I was like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Like, yeah. let's just do it. And and so I signed all of them. And and over a period of a couple years, that business started to mature. People started to come into it from an advertising standpoint. Right. I, I want this person to promote my thing or I want this piece of content or I need access to this audience or whatever. So the business started to materialize. YouTube started to pay the creators a portion of the advertising revenue that was on YouTube. So they started to make real dollars all right. of a sudden. YouTube started to need to lean into this a little bit more. And they did. They were a bunch of engineers. They had no idea how to talk to creatives or talent or this. So they needed intermediaries yeah. like us. And so there was a whole breed of companies that YouTube would refer to as MCNs yep. that sort of popped up during that period of time. <laughs> Maker Studios, yeah. Full Screen, Maker got Style bought Hall. by YouTube, right? Maker got bought by Disney. There was a company called Machinima that got bought okay, by that's Google. Right. Okay. For hundreds of millions. Yeah, right? for yeah, all these. I mean, there were billions of... Here's the, the funniest thing. So Google bought YouTube in 2000 four or five, whatever, whatever year that was, for about a billion dollars. Several years later, Maker Studios, which was a company that was operating on YouTube, you know, at a, at a level of scale that was way less than you, sold for the same amount of money. That's crazy. To, it's to, to Disney. But, you know, we, we would go through, like, so let's go back, like, 2016, right? So I'm at Seriously, and, and we were doing, you know, product launches, or we had a new update or something, and, you know, we could see the stats on Google, like, okay, when, when Shane Dawson talks about our video, our engagement goes, like, way up like this. So, like, let's start going. So I represented Shane Dawson right. for a let's few years. Let's get some direct... <laughs> Yeah, probably through you. Let's get direct contact with Shane Dawson because part of it for us was like, no offense to him or anybody, but like, we don't know how to talk to these people. And these aren't people that have any business acumen necessarily. They're just, I just like to make stupid videos and they're good at it and they're entertaining. Well, they're like, kids for the most part. Right. And and so that's where you guys came about where it's like, well, you're managing this for us and that's worth money because we're going to pull our hair out trying to manage like two, you know, we're doing a big push on a weekend. It's like 200 influencers and we've got to review these videos. And it's like, oh my God, we can't. I mean, it's just, it's overwhelming. It's nuts. Yeah. And it's time consuming. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, I mean, this cuts to sort of the business today. Maybe I'll just accelerate to how I got to work. No, I mean, yeah. back up to where, because that, that's amazing. So now we're at 2006, six, seven, where uh, Maker Studios gets bought. They're one of the larger NCNs. Yeah. Now you're coming in here with your company. What's going on with that whole world now? You're starting to manage bigger YouTube companies. Yeah, we're starting to manage bigger YouTube stars. We're starting to produce a lot of content. We're trying to do innovative things. We produced this web series called Video Game High School with one of our clients that, that did hundreds of millions of views. It was like one of the most successful web series during that, that period of time. Yeah. We're starting to produce more TV series. And then we, what, what really ended up happening was, and you, you have to understand that like a... a an actor or a comedian or, or somebody that works in sort of the traditional world have all these people around them that do pieces of the business, right? right? So it, the movie studios, the record labels, you know, whomever it is that they're working with, they have publicists, they have marketers, they have distributors, they have editors, they, they, they have people that do all the work. These content creators, these influencers don't have any of that. They are all individual 
essentially small media companies or small businesses. Um, and, and they need a lot of support. And so the idea around the early stages of the MCN was, can we build an infrastructure that enables these creators to a little bit more professionalize what it is they're doing, take some of the heavy lifting off of them, provide a little more sophistication because we have a level of scale and expertise around certain you know, elements of their business. Can we help them monetize a little bit better? And can we do that you know, ad infinitum, right? right we right. just keep going. And so you know, Collective Digital Studio, which is what it was called, the management company was collect the collective. My little digital piece of it, and, and my partner Reza, who was at the management company also, we sort of started this together, sort of outgrew the management business. Like the Lincoln Parks, the Enrique, that business, we, we, I think we went from zero to 120 employees in like 18 months. Wow. And, and, the, re <laughs> and the revenue potential was, was insane. I think we were doing you know, a couple hundred million in revenue, not profitably, mind you, back in those days, sure. but, but still. Um, and so it became increasingly more difficult to manage both of those businesses and they were becoming more and more divergent. And so we ended up parting ways with our partners on the traditional management side and they went and started a different management company. Okay. And we doubled down on the digital side, we raised some money, we became Collective Digital Studio, we ran that for several years, built up a big sales organization. Ultimately, we ended up selling that business to a German broadcast company, in, uh, well, in Germany. And, that's um, where they're usually located. That's where they're yeah. usually, yeah, Germans. Um, and in so doing, they had a local MCN that was operating in the local German language, um, very small. It was called Studio 71. They merged it with Collective Digital Studio at the time, and we used that as an opportunity to rebrand the whole company yeah. as Studio 71. And then we had offices in Italy, France, Germany, UK, Canada, nice. et cetera. Yeah. And, I, and I, my partner and I have run that business for the better part of the last decade. And as of, I guess, the end of 20, beginning of 21, um, you know, our non-competes had come up and our incentive had gone and the <laughs> business model had changed and there was a lot of opportunity in the influencer space. And so we decided to resign and, and leave Studio 71 in still very capable hands. It's one of the last remaining MCNs that's that's, pot, that's profitable and still working, which is actually something I'm quite proud of. Yeah. yeah. And um, and we started our new endeavor, which is called Underscore Talent, which is a management company, much more of a fiduciary, a, a true representation business versus a service provider, which is what Studio 71 became. So in you took the collective business model, added to yourself after you parted ways. You kind of learned from them. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And then the opportunities continue to grow. And Reza and I launched Underscore in 2021, I guess, mid-pandemic. I went to my wife. I said... You know, I'm going to leave my uh, cushy job in, in, you know, in the middle of a, of a pandemic, not pay <laughs> myself anything, and invest in a new company. Are you on board? She, you know, to her credit, it was like, sure, let's go. Right. <laughs> let's do it. Um, and we launched in 21, and, and now we're at 60 people and 200-plus clients and kicking ass. All this makes total sense to me now. We watch our kids, and they'll sit on YouTube, and they've got the guys that they like to watch, and, and they're mesmerized by it. And to them, that's, that's like the TV show. Like when we were kids, we used to watch Smurfs or Dukes of Hazard, and they're watching these creators but back then when you sort of realized this that was that was you're a visionary like dude perfect is that like yeah, yeah. i actually we do some work with dude perfect yeah, yeah. what are they considered an influencer yeah, yeah. they're they're I mean, in, like nerf gave them products right they have dude perfect nerf products that's, yeah I, yeah well that so that's a licensing deal right, right. And, yeah. and i think it started out with Nerf understanding that Dude Perfect was speaking exactly to their target demographic, right? Ten-year-old boys or yep. eight-year-old yep. boys. Doing tricks. Will you promote my my Nerf products? Yeah. So they started out with a couple of promotions. I'm sure it was paid. You know, here's fifty grand. Here's a hundred. It went to a million. Two, whatever. Right. And then the conversion kept happening, and then Dude Perfect kept growing, and so then it made sense to, well, let's do Dude Perfect branded Nerf products, or let's make Dude right. Perfect products from Nerf. And they continue to can build that build that business. And you watch you watch these things, and and you know a cynic would be like, whatever, it's just some fucking dude on YouTube, and now he's making a bunch of money. But like for the good content creators, like I realize this now that like it's it's work to put out a product that you're proud of, right? You've got to take it and go back, and you know I edit this thing, and Tommy and I talk about it, and all this stuff. Like it's not just like we let the microphone or turn it on and let the microphone rip. You got to put work into this stuff to make it good. Yeah. And it's paying off for a lot and, of these and people. You're, but here's the thing, right? I think a lot of people of our generation don't understand is your definition of good 
or a quality or high production value is not the same as a 10 year old's. Right. <laughs> like, I, mean, I appreciate that. I think. Well, but, but I mean like, you know, yeah, they'll enjoy like a highly, they'll top gun Maverick. Like I took my son, he loved it, blah, blah, yeah. blah. He will get equally, if not more joy out of watching a Minecraft video yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. From a handheld phone. From a handheld, <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. True. But he will not discern. It's not that this was better and oh my God, this right. was a special thing. He, from an entertainment standpoint, they do not discern between right. that. We, we kind of learned that with Fred, right? We made this big flashy movie, but they liked the videos just as much, yeah. if not more. It's crazy. Um, Twitch, and that's like a, something that came into play, what, about five, six years ago? Yeah. So how did that disrupt your industry as well? Because now you're sitting here, you saw all the influencers, and now you're watching people talk about video games when they're playing. So now there's a whole audience of people watching people play video games. Yeah. And they're making the exact same thing. Millions of dollars. by So it's like a new version of a YouTube star is now a Twitch star. Where do you see the whole industry going? And, and do you have your pulse on it? I, I try to. I mean, and, and sometimes I'm not, I'm not the one that sort of know. I have a lot of people that sort of are probably younger and more informed than me sort of working, you know, on the front lines and, and telling me <laughs> what's cool these days. Um, <laughs> But but you, you you know you need to be diversified in your in your on your platforms with your revenue streams with your audience and and look Twitch is just another platform right it's another type of content that that people enjoy um, I don't know that it's disrupted the industry so much uh, other than it's also created an entirely new content genre right yeah. the idea of live you know live streaming gaming, gaming yeah. or what and now they're going way beyond gaming there's plenty of things on on Twitch that have nothing to do with gaming mm -hmm. uh, that people are uh, obsessed with um, TikTok obviously is really yeah. uh, come into its own I guess I would say in the last couple of years and taken over a lot of the pop culture I mean look we just had before this pod my daughter Lainey took a couple pictures and a quick video to start up some TikTok content for the pod because nice. that's where a lot of people are consuming these Wait, days, right? Do we have our first intern? <laughs> Dude, I think did, we might. Did you, no. did you sell your daughter have, to be our first intern? She has been Can waiting, we give her she waited for you for somehow? 45 minutes to get here so she could, she was so excited. I said, wow. listen, you're in charge of TikTok you now. Are, she's going to give you real insight. But, but she will. So funny story on that, on that regard, which I think you'll appreciate because we talked about it earlier. So my, my daughter, um, it doesn't watch a ton of YouTube. We don't really, um, you know, let them sort of consume that much un unsupervised, sure. etc. And but one of the things that she was watching when I asked her what does she watch or what do her friends watch, she said, "I watch um, Jordan Matter." <laughs> and That's I'm like, I'm like, okay, future friend of the pod. Yeah, by the way. yeah. Who's who? She, you you will have on this pod. Well, we'll make it happen. Yeah, um, we love it, Jordan. Manhattan Beach guy is is it's great. It's pretty interesting. Anyway, I thought it was a, a 12 year old gymnast. I mean, Jordan can be a girl's name, right? right? And when I looked at the content without really spending too much time on it, it was a bunch of dance videos and 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 girls doing gymnastics and whatever. And that's what my daughter was into. And I'm like, okay, this makes sense. So I reached out to, um, well, now him, coldly on email, thinking it's a 12 year old girl, by the way. <laughs> that I'm like, you know, I'm I'm Dan. I do this and blah blah blah. I have that. I think I can help and yada yada yada. Gets back to me, and we ended up having a, a, a lot of a couple of conversations, and found out he's a fifty-year-old dude. The yeah. girl in the video <laughs> is his daughter, right. Salish, and 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 others. And turns out he's a, he's a massive, you know, quote unquote, YouTube star. And he's gone from like eight million subscribers on YouTube to like twelve or fifty. He's like doing two hundred and fifty million views a month. It's crazy on YouTube. What does that pay? A lot. I mean, we're really? talking, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I can give it away, but like in multiple. So it's like it, seven cents for every thousand downloads or something like that. Or all right, so years? I'll give you, I'll give you some math, but and I'm there's other, down, there's Tom, other ways that you can board. that you can sort of quantify it. He's definitely a, a massive eight-figure business. Um, God, but but if you, you can think of it conservatively as two to three dollars CPM, right? Wow. So. Really? So on average, give or take, depending on your content, your genre, your watch time, the this, that, the other thing. So for every thousand Ten. views, you oh, get two bucks. I thought it was ten thousand. So no. every thousand. Every and thousand he's actually views, yeah. like a photographer by trade, right? Oh my god. Yeah, he's got an interesting story, which I won't give away because we, again, we'll get him on the pod. But yeah, he started as a dance photographer. Yeah. Started taking pictures of some of these early influencers yeah. and collaborating with them and putting the behind the scenes on his YouTube channel. 
people recognized the influencers he was photographing, and the channel started to grow. Recently, however, it's been Salish, his daughter, that's really driven right. the, the growth wow. of the channel. And so I had Jordan over at my house to have like a brainstorm session. And my daughter comes, she freaks the fuck out. And then she's, he's leaving. And our neighbor from across the street, Evie, who's in the same age demographic, she is stand, she's out, happens to be out there. She's standing with her mouth agape. She's like, what are you doing in there? You're you're a famous <laughs> YouTube star. Yeah. What are you doing in there? I mean, we I was <laughs> telling you the story from crazy. yesterday because I, I told the story in the pod a couple weeks ago. But um, I said yesterday our neighbors were over and their kids, and I said Mr. Weinstein's coming on the pod tomorrow. And Laney says, Oh yeah, he knows Jordan Matters, and I met him a couple weeks ago. And the, and the two adults, Nathan and Jessamine, were like, Who's that? And then their two daughters lost their mind, and then Laney pulled up the picture of her with. Jordan and Salish, and they just they went crazy. It was like I don't even know who he is. Like BTS was in the house. So yeah, exactly. That's how people feel when they meet you. I I think I'm pretty cool, but I'm just not YouTube cool. No, not yet. Yeah, not yet. We're starting to add video yeah, content. I mean, look, so, someone needed to hammer me over the head with it. It, it was yeah, it was a just... bit of an accident. I was it was right place, right time. You know, a lot of luck and you know a, an ability to execute on it. But so it was... can that guy get distribution on a movie now because of all those followers? Like, you know, it depends. I think some people are still a little um, less sophisticated about how that world works and what it's worth and all of those things. And and but you've had a track record of of taking backdoor approaches by. Taking your own financing and making, yeah. can you make a Jordan Mather movie and be like, hey, I'm going to backdoor it again? Yeah, potentially. I but mean, potentially. So, but yeah. now what what these YouTubers are doing, it's less about content these days, which is really challenging, getting people to consume content and pay for content. It is. In particular, pay for content, right? So, because most of it is free these days. Right. So, now, the large-scale influencers, like I'm sure you've heard of maybe Mr. Beast or some of these others, they're building direct-to-consumer businesses. They're building products. They're building things that they can sell their audience right. based on their relationship. Okay. Merch. Merch. Merch, but, but glorified right. merch, right? So, like, Mr. Beast started a, a, um, a fast food restaurant, basically, called oh. Mr. Beast Burger. He's got 3,000, quote-unquote, virtual locations. It's doing incredibly well. He opened his first What's flagship What's a virtual store. location? It's, so it's super interesting. So there's this company... <laughs> Tommy I mean, and I are like, like, what yeah. the fuck Wait, is going on right it's, now? It's a crazy I, world. I go yeah. to a burger, but it's like not there. <laughs> but like, like. So, so there's a company called Virtual Dining Concepts. No and, way. Yeah. And so what they do is you can create a brand, a product, and all these restaurants that have added capacity will make the product in their restaurant where you can't get it at the restaurant, but you can order it on DoorDash or Postmates, it will come packaged, right? So it's like a pop-up. It's like a pop-up, but there's no physical location. Like, for example, this is not the case, but like MB Post could make Mr. Beast burgers if they signed up to do so. They would get the product, they'd make it in their kitchen, a DoorDasher would come pick it up from the back of the restaurant and take it to somebody, and it would look like a Mr. Beast burger. Can we do like a Dad's Night burger? Yeah, you could, Dude. I suppose. MB Post. I've always wanted to do a hot I'm dog. I'm trying stand. to pull up. Uh... Oh, hot dogs. Let me talk to Sims. Get yeah, this thing going. I know. This is this is unbelievable, Dan, and and I'm so happy that you have your your hands on it because it just we're old. <laughs> I mean, that just shows you how old. I mean, you guys are I'm, old. I'm You're 48, right. and I think I'm pretty cool. <laughs> and I, this is so new to me. I I, I can't even understand. Here, here's get, Mr. Beast Burger. I mean, on DoorDash, right there, locally, you can get it. Wow, it's crazy. I mean, that is unbelievable. I'll take so one there. that's a virtual pop up that you can get delivered to you. That's and good. yeah, it's good. You don't even know if it's good or not, but uh, that's just crazy. So and there's another like by the way. So and something that's really interesting about the sound. So there's an. Friend of the pods, right? Mark Hustavet, who's a local guy, belongs to the club. He is the president of Mr. Beast Enterprises, right? And he actually moved his family to to Greenville, North Carolina, where they have, I, I, I don't know, it's like a $10 million studio facility with hundreds of people working for them. It is absolutely insane, and he sort of runs that business. Local, uh, another friend of the pod, Todd Weinstein, no relationship to Weinstein, um, is the lawyer for Mr. Beast? Oh my um, gosh! It's, it's it's pretty crazy. This is this, this is pod has a lot of words that people aren't going to understand. I mean, <laughs> I, I I just hope that we can get Dad's night into 
I have got eight million ideas right now. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like I I do love this. Like I I mean, Chris, your catering could go virtual. I could go virtual catering. You want my chicken sandwich or your queso from the dad's night queso? I mean, that's like world famous. I'm not even. I'm not. We can do South. Randy, Randy with my this. queso. Now you're talking. Oh my gosh. Holy shit! And 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 Andre's sourdough bread. Whew. I mean, the merch. The merch. The merch is your 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 mind is blown already. My, Dan, you blew Chris's I, mind. I'm trying to complete a thought right now. I yeah. can't do it. In my well, mind. Is so have blown. some beer. Maybe right, that will help. A, that's a good solution. Um, you now have your own company underscore, and you're growing it. What has to happen for you to take on a new client? Because you're, I'm sure. If you guys are, if you're with Jordan Mathers making ten figures a year, what gets you excited? Is it like what your daughters are telling you that's cool, or? Well, that's part of it, I suppose. Sure. Right? So I'm, I'm certainly not the arbiter of what's cool in Gen Z or whatever. Because they're twelve, right? Because they're twelve. Don't, 10 don't be so hard. Or, earlier, but all right. So my biggest clients appeal to preschoolers. <laughs> oh my but, gosh. Believe it. Like, like I, that. I, I uh, shit you the, not. Like they're called Brian's toys or whatever. Same like, thing. Exactly. I have, I have a, cl- I have clients named Vlad and Nikki. They're sort of these adorable, you know, kids that play with toys, and they do north of a billion views a month. Jesus on Christ! YouTube. Oh yeah, it is a massive oh business. God. I can't believe I went to college. Like, what was I thinking? I, I keep telling my wife sometimes, like, I'm a, so I'm watching all these, you know, sort of cute kids play with toys, and I'm like, you know, I have the formula here. Yeah, I feel like our kids are pretty cute. We could just film them and put right. them on the internet, and and you know, she's like, no. <laughs> Where do you see your company going in the next five years? You know, I, I wish I could tell you, I, I didn't know when I was at the management company, it would turn into an MCN, it would turn, it, it, this world in particular is moving so fast, yeah. and there's a new, pl- I mean, TikTok could go away tomorrow, right? And there's a very real By the risk way, that, of that. Yeah. And so, you know, where, where the world goes, where talent goes, how people are consuming their content, what they're interested in, you know, what's in the zeitgeist changes so quickly, and that's sort of the business that I'm in, is sort of how to monetize that cultural zeitgeist, and what's hot and, and sort of direct-to-consumer content, I have no clue where it's going to go. I'll tell you one of the things that I'm really fascinated about that we spend a lot of time in, this, this will be another friend of the pod shout-out, is how do you leverage audience to build you know products that you can sell? Right. Um, whether in partnership with influencers or paying influencers like you did at, at, at Seriously, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's all these different, Emma Chamberlain is an influencer. She's got a coffee company. This one is selling this. This one is selling. I think the number one selling um, fishing lure, you might be interested in this, is from this YouTube uh, collective called the Guggen Squad. Mm. And the number one in Cabela's is 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 branded the Guggen Squad or from the Guggen Squad. It's, I think it's like a 50 or $60 million a year business. There's a... Jeffree Star is a big influencer. She, he, he has a cosmetics business worth $60 million. And so now the businesses are worth more than the content, oh, right? Oh, for sure. Wow. And so, so I've started thinking about what can I incubate or what can we incubate as a company, sure. leveraging our relationship with influencers to do the same thing. And so John Fundingsland, friend of the pod, yeah. and my neighbor. Next door. Um, next door. Um, you know, we We're going to go running next week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We started toying with the idea of you know, can you build a competitor to Liquid IV, right? It's a it's a low-cost, high-margin product. It, it can be shipped in the mail. It's direct-to-consumer. There's one category leader and then a lot of noise. If you can if you can marry that with the right influencer, a couple influencers in the right marketing, that seems like a really interesting business. So we've started figuring that out. We've got a brand. It's called 110 Hydration, so hydrate better, be 110%, blah, blah, blah. I like that. Um, you're launching it right now on the pod. We're launching it right now on the pod. And 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 no, we're we're we need we're, product. We're, yeah, we're knee deep and trying to <laughs> trying to figure it out. So maybe next year one ten will sponsor sponsor the pod. I love this. <laughs> we need sponsors. That's great. You know, I should hook you up with my CEO, James uh DiGiulio, Who's coming Tom, on in a couple weeks. Who's coming on on the on yeah, the twenty seventh, I believe. Yeah. Um, because we have a global creator economy that brands come in, big brands. And some of them, they want to optimize their digital. And they always ask, like, well, we're trying to do an organic thing, not with paid media. So we're looking for an influencer. And, like, we don't – that's not our business. We're not, we're not an influencer company. We, we make the content, but we have to find that. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect pair. I should put you yeah. and James together because yeah. that's, that's a smart thing to do. Um, 
So what's going on here with the uh, wish running and for school board and all that good stuff? What's what's going on here? Well, I, that's what's going on. That's it's all encompassing. Wish is running for school board. Um, we're, I got the invite a couple weeks ago. Yeah. For Friday, um, I was like, wait a minute, wish is running for. But I know she's been super involved. Super involved for a long time. She she you know started out. You know, as PTA president of Pacific, and then she was the district advisory council, which runs all the PTAs in in Manhattan Beach. And she's uh, been a board member of MBEF on, on the budget committee. She's just and before that, she was a teacher at LAUSD, and right. then a teacher in outside nice. Philadelphia. And she, mom was a teacher. E- education and and um, you know, our community and schools has been a, a you know passion of hers for a long time. And I feel like we she we hatched this plan a long time ago we were sort of sitting around my, my dad happened to be visiting and she was sort of toiling with you know what am I going to do of substance beyond just volunteering in a classroom to teach our kids and this and I'm you know I'm so passionate about this but I don't want to be a full-time teacher anymore right. and my and my dad was the one that actually said you know you should be on the school board really you know help influence where the schools are going and the curriculum and this and this. you'd be perfect for that and the light went off and from that moment on that's been yeah. the, the path and the I mean, passion she's passionate about yeah. the community yeah for sure she yeah. always has been she's yeah. passionate about the schools and the kids yeah um i thought maybe you were bringing me a, a yard sign today I, well, I walked up and I thought you would have had one already, to be honest. Well, so I saw her I last week. Go, I said, I just how do we vote and when is it? I think it's November 8th. Yeah. Vote Wish Weinstein. Um, W-Y-S-H. W-Y-S-H. Kristen is she going is by Wish on there or is she going by Kristen? I think it's both. It's Kristen and then like parentheses Wish right. Weinstein. Right, right. Just so Because a lot of people know her as Wish. Wish Wanick was her maiden name. People called her Wish. When she was a teacher, it was Miss Wish. And so Wish just kind of stuck. So her name's Wish in these parts. Now, what for you... As a dad, as a husband, yeah. obviously you're very busy with this, right? Like, there's a lot of responsibility on you. Like, how are you chipping in to help out? What is she asking you to do? How do you support her? Yeah, I mean, anything, anything, and everything. I mean, from making yard signs to dealing more with the kids when I need to deal with the kids, just supporting her. Sometimes emotionally, this can be really a challenging thing when you're debating and there's people on the other side saying things, and you know, it's sort of politics on a small right. scale. Um, it's a lot of work. I mean, honestly, she works a thousand times harder and more than I do. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm just really proud of it. it, And it's such for such a good cause. And she's got no agenda about it other than wanting to make this place the best it can be for, which is, which is fantastic. I mean, you're, and you're in a unique position and I'm being serious here, but like nobody knows viral content more than you. (laughs) I stay away. I stay away from that. But I mean, you could, you know. You could probably get a couple of videos going or some TikToks or something, and and you get all the kids clamoring for this. And mom, you better vote for Wish Weinstein. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I it's so it's funny because I w- when I first started, I w- I had a public Instagram account, and I would I was representing all these you know it, YouTube stars, Instagram stars, and they would tag me in, on Instagram. And I think at one point I was up to like a hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, Whoa. followers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at the time I didn't really put the think this all the way through, but I was I was I was up there and people and I was mostly what I do or did was post pictures of me hanging out with my kids. Like that's right. what I would do, right? And all these strangers were commenting on like my kids and what was going on, and you know I was I just kind of got a little weirded out by it mm-hmm. and nervous about it, and so I kind of deleted the account, oh, wow. made it private, you know, and now it's just friends and family and yeah. and and whatever. But yeah, I don't I don't I'm really follow sort of, you right now. Yeah, it's hard being an influencer. You're allowed. I will approve. Okay, I will, I will approve you. That's incredible, and I'd love to have uh, one of your signs up on my house, five uh, three Marina, Marina Avenue. I'd love to post that up there. Um, and do anything to support. I think yeah. it's great when we'll when, when, sure. when moms really step up and they want to contribute to our education and our community, and that's what's really cool. And I think it's great when people, to your point, Tommy, like you can put up or shut up, and they're like, all right, well, I'm going to put up. Like I care about this community. I care about where we live. I care about the kids, and I'm going to put my efforts into it and do something about yeah, it. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I, this is it's such an unbelievable place we live. I mean, Colin used to joke because I would get a little tipsy when we first moved here. I'd be like, I love this place. I'd be walking back from like fishing with dynamite and be it's like, this crazy. is the greatest place ever. Yeah. And um, you know, we gotta keep it that way. I mean For this sure. is this, that's why this place is special. Um how old are your kids? I have an eleven year old girl, Kyla, who just started at MBMS in sixth grade. Okay. And Jace is my eight year old at Pacific in third grade. 
Nice. Who, by the way, this is it, we had an awesome weekend. It was very Manhattan Beach weekend. Um, it's his first year playing fantasy football. Nice. Oh boy! So we're we're doing that together, and it, he's he's kind of got the concept down. But he's going over to his friends, and he's like, "I'll give you ten dollars for a Cooper Cup, and then this." And I'm like, "Dude, this is not money. Like, yeah, you, yeah. Gotta, <laughs> you gotta you gotta stop bribing people. Like, yeah. it's not how this works." Like, but I really want Cooper Cup, and so he 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 got like 150 points. It's like the greatest score oh, ever for his first outing, and. It's been it's been awesome. This might be my retirement year for fantasy. Yeah, well, it should be your retirement year for the Cowboys. It should, yeah. That's, <laughs> Thank you. That's, uh, <laughs> they are in a world of hurt. Listen, As a any, diehard Eagles fan, nothing gives uh, me more pleasure. Really? Okay, I'm listen, a giant. I watched that uh, game. Good job, we're all, everyone but the Dallas both, ones. Congrats right. to both of you. Congrats <laughs> to both of you. Uh, anytime you have an 80-year-old owner with yes. absolutely no the urgency, and then you watch the game and they suck, they and are, you're just like, why, why am I doing this? Yeah. Tell your son to trade any Dallas Cowboy he has because they're going to have a shit season. Yeah. Are going to? They already are. Yeah. Well, now it's really down to shit with Dak yeah. out for eight, for eight weeks. You can anyway. say anything. It doesn't phase me. It was a bloodbath and survivor this week. But here we go. Back, back to the good dad stuff. Yeah. Um, what are your happiest moments as a dad, Dan? I, just, I mean, watching my kids smile and have a good time. I mean, really is, and I made it sound corny. Like I can't point to any one thing, but when I watch, like even Jace, I'll give you an, this is a small example. He played uh, flag football for the first time BCS this year. Um, and he had his first practice and I, you know, was watching the practice and he was just in heaven. Like he was just smiling and laughing and running the whole time. And the coaches were great. And, and, you know, that's what I get the most excited about, just spending time with them having yeah. fun. I mean, we've done a lot of really cool, fun things, but it, it, it almost doesn't matter, like, how extravagant it is as long as they're having a really good time and they're doing that with me. Um, I, I think you feel like you asked a question a couple of times to a couple of dads, like, what's important to you or what do you wish for your... Yeah. Like, the thing with me is I just want them to want to spend time with me, yeah. right? Not mm -hmm. like like me or love, like, I actually want them to enjoy spending time with me for, for from now until eternity. Like yeah. I still like spending time with my dad. I would choose to spend sure. time with my with my parents and I want that with my kids, right? Yeah. I just want them to want to hang out with me. <laughs> what, what do you do for alone time when you're giving wish, like, okay, you're working so hard, you're, you're busting, let me just take the kids for a minute. What do you do then? What do you, where, where do you take the kids? What do you do? We do a lot of things. We, we, you know, part of why we live here is the beach. Like we do the beach mm -hmm. a lot. The kids are learning how to surf. We're doing that. Um, pickleball has been a really great family activity because everybody at any level can sort of play that. I agree. I, I get, Except for me. Yeah. I get, I get. <laughs> that's that, dude, you, you, won, you won the pickleball beginner. tournament. You came in second. Oh, you came in second. Yeah. You came in second. But you got a nice hat out of it. I did get a great hat out of it, yeah. Not uh, as nice as the one you're wearing. Yeah. No, the not, as, not, as, not as good as the, as the FOP hat. No. But yeah, so pickleball's been great. Swim, you know, the club has been a really good place for us. We love hanging out there. There's something for everybody there. Um, they're both kind of into golf, actually, which has been oh, a wow. relatively oh, new fun. thing for me. And so taking them to top golf. Taking them to top golf. Nice. They like they love the base, but they also like playing the little nine hole. I did that with Jason. That's a great oh, course, by the way. Yeah, it's for, so it's super for kids, easy for sure. Super easy. Nice. We should do that. How do you balance work and family? Well, uh, not having an office helps. I'll, I'll be honest. You know, I would, there was a point in time where I was commuting an hour and fifteen minutes into uh, Beverly Hills every day, back and forth. And there's no shortcuts. Like, so I've gotten three hours of my life back just there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think you know, Wish likes to say I I, I work smart, not hard. Um, I, I sort of know where to put my energy. What can wait? What can't wait? What's urgent? What's not urgent? I feel like seven, eight years ago when I was really, really hustling, everything was urgent. Right. Everything needed my attention. I needed to be at every event. And now I really prioritize, you know, family time, like dinner time, and taking the kids to their 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 sports or or doing whatever and making that time. And I'm also fortunate, you know, that I'm in a position where I can do that. And I, I realize not everybody can do that right i'm 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 the boss, the boss. i'm the owner yeah. i you know i can you know now it does the buck stops with me right so sure. I, I have to put in the work but I, I can sort of be a little bit more flexible which has been really really outstanding especially as you know wish ramps up and and really starts to work hard i can then support her with, with great just my presence or right. the time is is the biggest commodity that, right. that, that we have what are some of your parenting philosophies on your children um 
you know, they get an allowance for contributing around yeah. the house. Chores. Um, they get, yeah, chores. They get, you know, $3 or I think then it gets to $6 or something like it that. It escalates. Right, it escalates. But they have to put, they have a they have different jars, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, uh, a, um, a save, spend, and give jar. And they have to put $1 or an equal amount in each. Mm-hmm. And one is for... Whatever you want, whenever you want it, right? It's the spending money that you've earned that you can choose to do with how you want. The save is save up for something really special, right? Like take take a year, take a, two years, to whatever. Buy my my daughter actually bought a golf bag. That's oh, good for her. Golf clubs. Um, so save up for something that that is exp- you know out of your re- reach and and that you really 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 want. And then give is you need to give this in back in some capacity buying toys for you know less fortunate children over the holidays or donating it to the children's hospital or whatever it is um and save, that's equally spend, important give. save spend give that's awesome i yeah. love that one yeah. i'm gonna take that one for i like now. that idea by the way i i get a lot I, I'm, I'm not just blowing smoke like i've been listening to the podcast i'm a, I'm a big you. fan You're I'm, an FOP. obviously i'm a friend uh you know a friend of you guys but also the pod there's a lot of really good tidbits i've been getting from <laughs> people awesome. i mean really some great information yeah it's it's I think it's fun all these people from different backgrounds, but we all relate to each other. But then everybody's got to. I mean, I would say Tommy, like every time we've got somebody on, including just now, like you're like I'm going to use that now. Like I'm it, I'm still amazing. using the thirty I mean, thirty from Sarah Kersey and and oh, for sure. You know, the only thing I'm not using yet is the is, is Bobby with the fake police call on YouTube when the kids are acting up. Bobby yeah, Simon, yeah, I haven't I done that yet. It'll probably backfire <laughs> on me. Yeah. Um, how do you find the time? to do things just with you and your wife for date nights and what do you like to do? So that's something that we definitely prioritize as a couple. Like, and we, we can even sort of start to sense when we haven't spent enough time, yeah. just the two of us. Um, and so we do, we have a lot of people that we trust from a, a sitter standpoint. Like we don't, we don't have a full-time nanny or anything, but we do have a lot of people that, that, that sort of can tag in and out as needed. And we'll go have a, you know, a dinner on a Wednesday or a Saturday or whatever, maybe every other week or something like that. We also go out with other couples, but we definitely prioritize spending some time on our, on our own. Um, we used to go out and do our, our thing was like, like a movie and dinner. We don't really have the time to do that right, so right. much anymore. <laughs> it's a lot of hours. Yeah. But but we definitely prioritize that, and 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 we'll go away. And, and we're fortunate that her parents live here half the year, ish, off and on. And our parents come out here and watch the kids. Nice. So, you know, we went to Europe for for a couple of weeks without the kids. Actually, wow, this year it was, it was it was it was a big birthday. It's one of the celebrations yep. that we had. Apparently, it was your month long for you. Yeah, birthday. I had too many celebrations. Yeah. Apparently, That's great. But we we got to do that, and you know we're going to um, Napa with a couple of other couples that we it was, we purchased it at the. Uh, the wine, wine auction. auction. Oh, right. that's great. And so we do like a long weekend with some other adults out Perfect. there. Perfect. So we, 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 we try to prioritize that. That's great. Yeah. And that's the success of keeping a happy marriage. Yes. What do you do to expose your kids to uh, life experiences? Like the things that are not easy in life. So we do a, a fair amount of traveling. We try we try to do that um, and and volunteering. So it's not always we're not always going to like the the, the, the you know the five star resort. Like we we go to areas you know in Philadelphia or others. Like we 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 try to have different cultural experiences. I would I should right. say um, and and just understand that there are m- more parts of the world and people live in different um, ways and and people are more fortunate than others and. Um, we, we, we don't shy away from it. We talk about it, right? So when we, we, we go to wherever it is and there's a homeless encampment, okay, why is there? What does this mean? You know, we're very, you know, we, we mm-hmm. sort of have those conversations as opposed to shirking it off and not, right. not really addressing it, I, I think is one. Um, we try to do a little bit of volunteering here and there. I think, you know, I, I, I wish we, we could do more sometimes, but over the holidays, whether it's, the 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 toy drive at the at the hospital. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of the organization that does does some of it, um, and 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 every year part of their holiday gift are donations, right? So like we, we donate to this person or that thing or this family, and we'll get a picture and we we try to have some some experiences like that mixed in with the ridiculousness right. <laughs> that happens sometimes. Speaking of ridiculousness, have you taken your kids to Tacanelli's? I have not. No. That is the best pizza in Philadelphia. 
Is it? So I haven't been in. You haven't been in, there yourself. Is it in Center City, Philadelphia? No, it's uh, it's it's like you had to leave Philly to go to the Italian area of Philly, which is like South Philly. Yeah, so it's okay. like five minutes outside Philly. I have not. And I actually have a great story that I actually went there. Um, you have to reserve a dough to get the pizza. So they have this pizza oven that is so old, like the early 1900s, and you have to. They only, I think, they only make like 80 doughs a day. And you have to reserve your dough. And on weekends, they get like a little bit bigger, like 100 dough. So I call up, I'm like, you know, like, hey, I'm Tommy Reed. I like to get in there. Like, I'm sorry, we're, we're bucked. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so I call back. I'm like, here we go. How you doing? I'm uh, Chase Utley. Uh, I'd like to call in there. <laughs> like, Mr. Utley. I'm like, yeah, uh, like, come in. My cousin's coming in. So uh, I, want, I want two doughs. Perfect. No problem. So I come in there. I'm not Chase Utley. But I said I was the cousin, and I still got seated, and I had the be- it was the best pizza I've ever had. Really, oh, top I three pizzas go. I've ever had in the world. It See, was so. This good. is like my thing, by the way, because I am like pizza is my thing. Like I'm Pacinelli's in Philadelphia. Because Di Lorenzo's trend is a tomato pie in oh, Jersey. Like that, that was my Pacinelli's. pizza. They have this uh, like, what do you call what the the uh, pizza uh, the. The stick, the, the peel, you, the pizza peel, whatever it is that you yeah. turn the pizza around and all that stuff, it's it's basically on like this rolly thing that's like basically thirteen feet long, and they keep it on like a, a bar and you got go in and out and it never moves. It's just constantly going back and forth. It's unbelievable. Nineteen eighteen is the brick oven. Nineteen eighteen. It's the best. I mean, literally, it is. Jesus. It, it's it. You have I'm to taking Google notes it. right when now. in Philadelphia. Got, right. So anyone in Philadelphia, besides I think Tony Luke's is the best cheesesteaks. It's up there. Thank you for not saying Pat to Gino. No, by the I'm way. a northern New Jersey guy, so Philly's like you know right outside. You know, it's part are you of a Jersey. Jersey Shore guy too? Oh yeah, of course. We had a house at LBI for 28 years. So, so did we. Beach we, Haven. Beach Haven. 605 Atlantic Avenue. I don't remember the address. It was my parents' <laughs> place, but it was it was. Are Beach you guys Haven. brothers? And, we and, could be. I'm yeah. watching history Irish, right Italian, yeah. Jews. That's all the East Coast <laughs> is. Chris, this is our FOP shout-out time, so what do we got? You want me to read this yeah, for you? Dude, you're, Listen, you're, I've been practicing. I, I think Brooke is really excited when you read it, because I was like, <laughs> I'd miss you know, punctuation well, you, you, uh, everything. Like a high state doesn't You're more I, of I a to, speaker, less of a reader. I had to call Brooke up for some advice on the, uh, how, you know, what, what, what to expect and how to... And well, how he's to, a pod veteran. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Bob, yeah. Brooke is the best. And we got new Brooke hats coming, by the way. Yes, they do. White and we were featured it. once again in the newsletter this week. Yeah, he, he's the best. Uh, he probably sold seven houses just from that. I hope so. All right. Friends of the Pod shout-outs brought to you by South Bay's luxury realtor, Brooke Billings. Looking for a home to buy or sell in Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, or anywhere in the South Bay? Question mark. Look no further as the one who gets the best results and the most market value for your home is none other than super dad himself, Brooke Billings, servicing his hometown of Manhattan Beach and more for years. I mean, you probably added a couple of commas. <laughs> well, you can still see it. It's the original paper, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that's fantastic I like it. I, work, thought, I thought you did a great Thank job. Thank you. You did a really Thank good you. job. Thank you. I appreciate it, Tommy. So, uh, Dan, let's start with you. Who are your FOP shout-outs? Oh, I feel like I gave a, a lot yeah, throughout, the, throughout, throughout the pod. Him I, I peppered him in. So. You probably had a lot of people saying you better mention me tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, shout out uh, Jared Smith, who's a buddy of mine. He, nice. he We actually went to the U.S. Open recently together. Oh, that, fun. Was, that was a lot of fun. Wait, this last one? Yeah, just now. Oh, like Last weekend or two ago, it was a good time. I was rooting for TFO. That was an insane match. Uh, yeah. It bummed so, me out. Such good tennis. It was. It was good But tennis. Alcaraz is good. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I'll just go and say Amir Fuligar. I mean, he's just... Just awesome. Love this, Amir. Amir saw him last week. We, we need to get him on the pod. Yeah, I'll second that. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. especially when uh, the Bills Rams halftime show, Ozzy. He's like, uh, was it Zach Wild or have you, uh, have you ever? He's from, he, he's from Jersey. He's like the best heavy metal guitarist ever. Randy Rhodes or Zach Wilds? Was Zach, Zach Wilds was there? It. Yeah. Amir was like, we should be in a band together. This was a couple months ago, and he played me some of his old band's music, and I'm like, we are not the same sound. But they were, they <laughs> yeah. were awesome. Yeah. Sound. Yeah. That's technically skilled guitar playing, and I'm not that. We're gonna go Steve Alexu in uh, Indiana. Mm. You know, very, very big into the dad camp and the dad advice. So loves the pod, loves listening to I it. I love that. Um, we're also gonna go uh, Andy Norman. I just saw him today at BCS football practice. <laughs> Perpetual me, FOP. You know, he's he stepped up his dad game. He's coaching his son's team right now. So good for him. L- love Andy Norman. Uh, Chris, who are your shout-outs to? I got a few this week. Uh, my buddy Booth Bone, he lives over on Palm. Yeah, We're playing pickleball yeah. tomorrow. We, oh, nice. are you really? Yeah, with Booth. So he just got his new paddle. Yeah. 
the Selkirk, but he's he told cool. me not. He told me not to invite Come you. I'll get invited to these pickle. You and I are about to get invited because we're going to get paddles and we got to review. I played with Booth this morning. He's been giving me a couple tips. He's very patient uh, with my lack of improvement. <laughs> um, and I'm coaching his son Cass in uh, soccer this year. His first organized nice. sport. I'll throw, I'll throw in one more. We got Mike Foch. Okay. Who's in our fantasy football league? Works for the oh, Angels. And he's, good at, yeah. he's good at pickleball too. Yeah, very, very generous with his uh, with his perks and all the stuff that he has uh, access to. And I was I went works get for a, the Angels. Works for the Angels. Yeah, uh, I happened to be just walking back from Coffee Bean. You know, on uh, what was it Sunday morning? He's driving with his son down the road. Stops. He's like, "Yo, what are you doing?" I was like, "Ah, I just got in coffee." He's like, "I'm going to Top Golf. Got a bay with Drew. You want to bring Jace?" I'm like. Yeah, I do. Nice. Let's go. Let's that's do it. awesome. That's great. <laughs> a little drive-by top golf. Little, I love that. This is great. Well, that's awesome. Uh, well, everyone, thanks for, for taking the time to listen to our Daz Night podcast brought to you by the Believe Network. Please like it and share it with a friend or two that you think would enjoy this ridiculous banter. Because after all, Dad's Night is where ridiculous becomes reality. There you go. What's our handles here? <laughs> I thought you were pointing at me for Instagram. <laughs> Uh, whatever. Fro- my whole brain is frozen That's tonight right. with the information. It, it, you know, uh, we are at Dad's Night Podcast on Instagram, and our email is dadsnightpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.